Hey there, LifeKit listener. I know we don't have to tell you 2020 has been chaotic. The coronavirus pandemic has turned all our lives upside down. Suddenly, the straightforward parts of life, like going to the grocery store, felt scary and uncertain. Plans for school and work dramatically changed, not to mention the unbelievable amount of loss. And we know it's not over yet. But through every twist and turn of this exceptional time, LifeKit has been here to be an ambassador of sanity. From our coverage on coping with anxiety to finding virtual therapy, from confronting microaggressions at home to having tough conversations about race and identity in the workplace, from caring for our elders amidst the pandemic while remembering to care for ourselves. Because everyone needs a little help being human, now more than ever. So if LifeKit has helped keep you grounded this year, we have a favor to ask. We want to continue to be your support system in the new year. So please, if you have the means, one way to do that is to donate to your local public radio station. Just go to donate.npr.org slash LifeKit. Again, that's donate.npr.org slash LifeKit. And thanks. This is NPR's Life Kit. I'm Andrew Limbong, reporter at NPR's Arts Desk. Remember that movie High Fidelity from 2000? The one with John Cusack that recently got remade into a TV show on Hulu. Cusack's supposed to be this snobby record store owner named Rob. And there's this scene where he's talking about the rules to making a great mixtape. Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art. Many do's and don'ts. First of all, you're using someone else's poetry to express how you feel. This is a delicate thing. I've loved this movie since before I realized Rob is supposed to be kind of a jerk. And as such, I've long been obsessed with making the right mix CDs and playlists. But in our algorithm-run world of today, it's worth asking why even bother making playlists anymore? I mean, the robots always seem to know the exact right emo songs to get me ready for fall, so why fight them? Don't get me wrong, the algorithm is great at the educated guesses, but no one knows exactly what you like like you do, right? There's no DJ better than yourself to kind of hit those marks. That's NPR's own Bobby Carter, a guy who lives and breathes music. On top of producing the Tiny Desk concerts for NPR Music, Bobby has performed as DJ Cousin B for over two decades, and he knows just about everything there is to know about curating music. And he says Spotify is great and all, but the act of putting together your own playlist speaks its own language. I mean, a lot of us aren't great with words, so why not let a song tell it, you know? As High Fidelity's Rob says, using someone else's poetry is a very delicate thing. So in this episode of Life Kit, some tips on how to make the perfect playlist for any occasion, for yourself or for someone else. So to start this conversation, I asked Bobby, big picture, why are playlists important? What do they do for you? In this this time we're living in now, I mean, I know for sure that we listen to music differently. So um, you want we, we're going through so much and so many different moods. Um, obviously, for me personally, I'm listening to stuff that just kind of keep me calm and keep me level. Um, so you want to you want to try to music you, you lean on music so you want you want to make these playlists to kind of ensure that you're not alone there's always a song to kind of carry you through things um you know back in june when when everything started to go crazy and you know when you started when people started to really really get out in the streets and protest all of this ridiculousness that's going on there's so many different songs 
that 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 speak to protest, that speak to social injustice. So the music can, can kind of carry you there. You know, these playlists just simply help you get through. You know what I mean? And you and and you need that. Yeah. Do you have different playlists for like? <laughs> doing dishes or like when you're when you're like at the gym like <laughs> how do you how yeah, do you structure like those sh- plays out for sh- my favorite i want to say my favorite playlist that that's never ending that that i that's just, i constantly add to is my uh weekend house cleaning playlist <laughs> you can go so many places but music to clean the house is just so essential um what's on it personally Oh my God, what's what's not on it, man? I like to go high energy, sliding the family stone and a bunch of new edition and even Alanis Morissette and Jamiroquai uh, and you know, you name it, Fat Joe, DJ, you name it. It just all the problem with that is the house isn't getting clean if you're busy like karaokeing by yourself. Oh, you know? but, but that's the thing. I'm not. I'm I'm getting it done while these songs are playing. You know what I mean? I'm just. Uh-huh. I'm sweeping and dusting in a frenzy over here. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I, I, so the music kind of keeps keeps my energy up. And then you have your cool down. Sometimes people ask me for breakup playlists. You know, if they've broken up with somebody, your family reunions, of course, weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, so you name it, man. There's there's so many different playlists, dude. And I I like to make them all. Well, yeah, I kind of want to get into that a little bit more because, like. I think before you start making a playlist, like, do you have to ask yourself questions? Because, like, I mean, I, I sort of understand you when you say that you know yourself better than anyone. But I'm like, oh, I, I never know what I want. Right. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I need have, like, my wife order my takeout. Yeah. Me, you know? <laughs> so, like, what, what sort of questions do you need to ask before you start embarking on this journey? You know, playlists, they do a really good job at uh, accentuating a mood and a feeling. So... You know, I ask myself, well, well, how how do I feel right now? What am I going through? Am I looking to come down from a mood that I'm in? Am I looking to sort of highlight that and, and really pull it out? You know what I mean? It, it really sort of depends. But at the end of the day, you're really trying to set a mood or accentuate a mood. Mm. All right. So now that if you have like the mood figured out and like the sort of emotional feel you're going for, yeah. um, I guess the first step is like picking songs, right? <laughs> which, which is like a big step. So how do you start there? Yeah. So I kind of think about this as, you know, I think about the structure almost almost like a, a an airline flight. How you have like, you have your ascent, you have your peak where you'll stay there and cruise for a while. And then you'll have your landing. And that arc is kind of like the way you want to build your playlist. So you mm. you just sort of think and play connect the dots, you know, when you really have your musical brain on, and I know I've, you know, I always have mine on. I'm always connecting the dots when it comes to songs. So that song's great. Oh, well, that reminds me of that. Or sometimes you'll say, okay, well, that song's great. I love this artist. Let's let's pick another song from this artist. There's so many different angles you can come from or, or go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it's like a flight. All right, I like that. Let's uh, let's belabor this metaphor a bit and take us on a quick trip from takeoff to landing. Hmm. Let's see. That's a good question. To take off, I like. I'll play something like. I'll start with like some chill R and B, like a song like "Whoa" from Snow Allegra, or something really smooth to kind of build up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then as you kind of go through, you'll play like you'll you'll ramp it up a little bit more. You'll play something from Snoop. 
something like that. Or, and then as you, as you slowly start to build up, depending on where you are, you'll play like, you'll really kind of set it off with Beyonce before I let go into like some, some candy by Cameo. And then turn it up some more with some suave mente and really, really turn it up and go in. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you stay that you stay there for a little while. As you come down, some uh-huh. you know, some Marvin Gaye to bring it down, some Bruno Mars, some some, some you know, outcast, something like that. Of course, you gotta throw in some Drake. Uh, and then you come down and with like some with with like some Daniel Caesar or Redbone from uh, from Childish Gambino, mm-hmm. kind of bring it down, get them get them close together. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and then you send them on their way, man. Yeah. Nice. Can't stay here, but you gotta leave. <laughs> <laughs> How do you balance like the surefire? If you're making a playlist for somebody else, right? Yeah. Or a group of people. How do you balance the surefire hits, you know, people are going to rock out to this, versus yeah. trying to introduce them to something new, right? Because I think some of the mistakes I've made in making playlists for other people is, like, I, I try to feed them too many vegetables, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As yeah. opposed to feeding them, like, some candy in between. So how do you balance yeah. them too? Well, I mean, you said it. I mean, I think the big song, the big hit is the hook, the big song and the big hit is the candy. So once you once you hit them with a couple of hits, that kind of gives you more leeway to kind of then go in with something new. Or you, you you know that's when you that's when you start with your music discovery. I think because you have them, they're more open now. They're more receptive to other things. So that's where you sort of hook them in. It doesn't even have to be a hit song, but something that they're super familiar with. Once you hit them with a couple of those. That's when you go in with the music discovery. That's when you go in and try things. Now they're liking what you're playing. Let me put them on to something new. Mm. I'm curious, like in in your head, um, if you listen to new songs, are you constantly putting them in your brain file folder under different playlists? You know what I mean? For like, sure. Are, are, for you sure. Have them, like ready to go. It's like, oh, this would be good for cleaning the house. It's like, oh, this That's, would be good for the gym. For sure. I think that um, for me, um, the music the music discovery is the most important aspect to any playlist any set you're spinning i'm always looking to sort of uh put somebody on to a new artist or a brand new song nothing's more satisfying than than someone coming to you and saying hey i never heard that before what is that that's great how can i get it you know who's the artist um so i that's that's probably highest on my list other than keeping people dancing and smiling is is music music discovery and really kind of uh, opening people up to new sounds and new artists. Do you write this stuff down or like have a like a formal system of logging? I, I only ask because there's been a couple of times where I've been trying to make a list or a playlist, mm-hmm. and then I've been yeah. to a section. It's like, oh, I heard that one song like a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, it yeah, was yeah. by by, and then I like lo- you know, and then it's like gone. Yeah. I'm like, ah. Oh. And then, like, yeah. I, like, try to go into the, my browser history, be like, mm-hmm, I think it was mm-hmm. a Thursday, I think I heard it, whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. do you have any sort of, like, formal organizational system? I said that as a joke at the beginning, but now I'm curious if you actually do. Well, Shazam is your friend. First and foremost is Shazam, right? If, and if Shazam can't pick it up, I, I just, I try to listen a little closer and I'll type, I'll just type in a lyric. Mm-hmm. And from there, I'll go to Google and type in that lyric and do a search, a lyric search. I I go crazy with this type of stuff. You know, back when I was DJing in clubs, 
I would always catch people in the corner Shazam and stuff while I'm playing. It's the greatest thing. Oh, ever. nice. <laughs> oh, that must feel so good. It's like, yeah, you liked it. You it's, liked the best, it you know? it's the best. <laughs> um, are there any cliches to avoid? Just songs that have played out that, you know, you as a DJ can't like <laughs> just like, oh, I could never like play that. It's it's so like passe. Well, I always say that it's it's subjective, right? But I, you know, depending on who I'm spinning for, they'll say, hey, uh, absolutely no line dances, right? <laughs> uh-huh. um, for, for, for the love of God, please do not play the Cupid Shuffle. Or some people may say, hey, play, play some line dances. You know, some people love them, some people don't. Some people will say, hey, whatever you do, don't play the Macarena, right? So it's, mm-hmm. there's some songs like that where, you know, they'll get it played out or, or, or YMCA. Don't play YMCA. I want it, I want it to feel fresh. I want it to feel, uh, uh, you know, all ages, but, you know, surprises. So there are a few cliches out there. Line dances come, come to mind. Um, anything where it's, it's kind of like a, like, a, well, you have to sort of gather a group or try to get a whole group of, group together to, to do the same thing. Some people just don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to going from one song to the next and like getting that flow right and not breaking the rhythm, do you have any like tips or tricks that you use that you think you can impart to some people who maybe not as like musically nerdy? Yeah, I do these things where when you think of classic drum patterns, I think of stuff like uh, Funky Drummer by James Brown, which is one of the most sampled drum patterns in music period. It's been sampled by hundreds of songs. You can literally make an entire playlist that samples that same drum pattern. So imagine 50 songs with the same drum foundation. You could do that. Mm-hmm. Or when you think of a song like Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen and you put it together with Pharrell's Happy and Bruno Mars is locked out of heaven. Or Take On Me by AHA. That's the same exact drum signature, a time signature, so that it's all gonna flow perfectly. Same goes with Outkast is Hey Yo. Those few songs right there, those all sit in the same time signature. So when you make those transitions, it sounds so smooth because before you know it, you realize you're dancing or you're moving, you know, in the same rhythmic pattern and it can flow. I mean, you can go forever with something like that. I'm trying to play these songs in my head. Be like, yeah, take some of those songs. I'll send you some of those songs, but you'll realize like, of course, you know, Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, of course. The quintessential Carlton song was... It's not unusual, right? And this famous dance they call the Carlton. A friend of mine did a mix called the Carlton, where he played a bunch of songs in 2-4, and basically you can do the Carlton for an hour straight. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. You can go for days with a mix like that. How do you know when you're done? Uh, that's a good question, man. I think of it sort of two-tiered again when it comes to uh, playing for a live crowd. I know I'm done when you have the last call and the lights come on mm-hmm. and people are hunched over, sweating, gasping for air. 
that's when you know your job is done if you're playing in front of a crowd. Mm -hmm. For playlists, I don't think your job's ever ever completely done. You know what I mean? I think you sort of if you're if you're putting together a playlist for an event, you sort of find out from the from the host, you know, what the event is and 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 what they're looking for, how long the event is. You do the math, determine to determine how many songs you need to play, and just hope for the best, man. You mm -hmm. always want to you you want to add a little bit, but. Um, you just hope for the best. And like I said, lean on your experience as a true music lover and for myself as a DJ and just sort of hope and have the confidence that you're doing your job. It, it does. It's almost when you're and maybe I, my heart is on my sleeve a little bit too much here. It's like I, I find it's a very sometimes a, it's an intimate thing when you're making a playlist specifically for somebody else. I mean, that's like my own maybe personal bias. Well, no, well, 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 well I, I know what you mean, man. A, a playlist or a mixtape, it's a love mm -hmm. language. I, you know, when I, when I courted the woman who eventually became my wife, I want to say almost weekly she got a playlist from me or just a set of songs. I was, you know, make, you know, back, this was, this was 18 years ago now. So it will always be, it would always be mixed CDs and I made them weekly. And I would like to think, that helped. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. I uh I proposed to my wife through a mixtape or through a mix CD rather. See? Yeah, it exactly. It was like uh I like in the liner notes I wrote like a I I made it was like a collection of songs for my like relationship and stuff like that and like bands we'd listen to in college and then I made like a in the liner notes like a question mark like a check yes if you want or check no if you don't want. Let me know. Oh, Bye. <laughs> Who knew Andrew was a player? I didn't. I know now. That's, such That's a, the lamest thing possible, dude. But but it works, man. These yeah. are the little things that just work, man. I I I, I can relate. I mean, nothing nothing speaks that language like music, dude. I you know when when we got married, uh, I created a whole mix that just sort of told the entire story of our ten years at the time. You know, we were ten year we were together for ten years before we got married, and I just sort of through each song it sort of told a story about something that we went through in our relationship and you can do that through music there's a there's a story for any any relationship through a song i think okay let's recap here are bobby's steps for creating your perfect playlist first and foremost you want to figure out what type of mood you're trying to set. What are you looking to accomplish with this playlist, right? Second, you immediately start to think about songs that come to mind. So if when the, you know, when they say, hey, I want a cocktail hour playlist, you start jotting down the first few songs that come to mind. Um, and then from there, you sit down and you do your research. Um, and listen, you could cheat a little bit. There's no set rules to this. So if you need to go to a, another playlist and pick a few things there's nothing wrong with that know your crowd you have to know your crowd if you don't know your crowd then you're lost and finally surprise people squeeze in something that they ne that they've never heard of that you know is great the element of surprise is always welcome in a playlist it's almost essential For more Life Kit, check out our other episodes. We've got an episode on how to appreciate poetry and another on how to up your coffee game and lots more. 
You can find those at npr.org slash lifekit. And if you love LifeKit and want more, subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash lifekitnewsletter. And as always, here is a completely random tip, this time from listener Alex from Brooklyn. Hi, LifeKit. My tip is uh, for the last couple of years, I've been doing something called No Debt November. That means that for the entire month of November, I cannot use a single subscription service. I don't use a single Uber or Lyft, and I block Seamless and Grubhub from my phone and computer so that I am only using the money that is in my bank account. And all the money that I save that month from not using any subscription services, I save that money and I tend to make a nice big deposit to my student loans on January first as like a new year gift to myself but i have friends who use that money for other things uh that's my tip bye do you have a random tip leave us a voicemail at 202-216-9823 or email us a voice memo at lifekit at npr.org this episode was produced by Andy Tagle. Megan Kane is the managing producer. Beth Donvin is our senior editor. Our digital editor is Claire Lombardo, and our editorial assistant is Claire Marie Schneider. I'm Andrew Limbong. Thanks for listening. Writer Baratunde Thurston says this democracy experiment requires more than just voting. This is incumbent on all of us. It takes two. It takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to knock it out of sight. And both parties in a national level discourse, both sides have to still remain committed. How to be a good citizen. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR.